You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast, brought to you by Cole and Fitz. One of us is in Vegas, the other's in Austin. Neither of us are happy with the outcome of the football game today. Cole Carmody and Zach Carlson were there for the Go Power Cat team. I'm in Vegas, ready, getting ready for basketball, but Kansas State loses at Texas 33-30 in overtime as uh, a bunch of interesting things happened in this game. Let's just leave it at that. If you didn't watch the game, you're going to be kind of lost, but um, it was an interesting game to say the least, in which K-State fell behind, rallied, and then it came down to a series of decisions, Cole. Um, and it didn't work out the right way for Kansas State if you're a K-Stater or Coach Kleiman or the players. But first of all, Cole, you were there. Give me your overall thoughts on the game. Uh, where to start? I mean, that's that's the main question is where to start. And there's a lot that went wrong for K-State, um, but there's also a lot that went right. And so I, I have a feeling throughout this podcast, we're going to be looking at it from – the perspective of multiple lenses. Um, my initial impressions of this game were, A, it was winnable, but B, it was also not winnable at all. So the fact that it was winnable meant that K-State did something right to get back into the game. And I made the comment sitting in the press box that when Texas wants to play good, that is a team that can win a national championship. I mean, the talent that they had out there on the field, especially in the first quarter, in the first half of that game, was something unlike I have seen in person. I haven't been doing this nearly as long as you have, Fitz, but that is a talented Texas team. And I was honestly shocked, A, at how fast they were, B, at how big and physical they were, and C, in the second half, how they just decided not to care. That was shocking. Uh, And that's, I honestly think, part of the reason why K-State was able to get back into this game. Yeah, it was an impressive start by the Longhorns, but... This is what they've done. They start fast. They play well. They are focused. It's almost like they're an ADHD college football team. When they're locked in, they can play with anyone. When they check out, they can lose. And Kansas State simply outplayed them for the final two quarters plus whatever was left in the second quarter when the game started to switch. Uh, Look, when they were down 17-0 and – it's nearing half. I thought this could have been so much worse. It really should have been 35 nothing. They couldn't finish drives, which has been typical of them this year. And then K State uh, 
you know, got it into the end zone, got it to 17-7, and or they were getting the ball back. And I thought, as badly as K-State played throughout almost that entire first half, on offense and defense, and even special teams was giving up some returns. How it's only a 10-point game with the ball, I don't know. But even at that point, I didn't feel like they were going to, you know, necessarily come back and win. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then they give up the fumble that wasn't a fumble or was a fumble, but was recovered by K-State, but it wasn't recovered by K-State, whatever (laughs) that was ruled. They they did that, and then I thought, okay, the window closed again. But it didn't close. It says a lot about this team that kept fighting back, but it also – is disappointing the kind of hole they got into, but let's start there. I want to talk about the offensive and defensive game plans coming mm-hmm. out in the first half. I thought they sucked. I thought they were awful. I thought they really miscalculated what they were going up against and and how they should put things onto the field, now, particularly on defense. I thought they were way too passive, letting Malik Murphy, their young Texas quarterback, get comfortable. And then they changed everything. And offensively, I, I just didn't think they were being aggressive enough in the passing game. And then they changed that. Um, but boy, I I put most of that first half on the coaches, Cole, not the players. Yeah, I agree. And we talked to Will Howard after the game, and and he said kind of the same thing in different words. We asked him, when did you feel like the running or the passing game, excuse me, was going to be effective? And he goes, Well, we knew going into the game that we were going to be able to throw the ball. And we really knew that. So I was a little disappointed that it took so long to get to that point. And I think his frustration was kind of echoed throughout, uh, obviously, the fan base. And, and even Chris Kleiman after the game, I asked him, you know, what did you – did you try and establish the running game early? And he said, yes, we tried to establish the running game early, and it wasn't effective. But, but they kept trying to run the ball even when it wasn't effective. That's what I didn't understand. That, see, this is where I differ. And, and I know the running game wasn't – picking up a ton of yards. Um, But I thought it was effective for purpose. Purpose being make them account for the running game so you can throw it. I thought it was effective in that way. It wasn't necessarily effective picking up yards, but they were so committed to stopping the running game that they neglected the back end of their defense. And I think that played out through the whole game. They were more worried about the running game than the passing game. Um, I I thought they did accomplish what they needed to accomplish early in the running game, but uh, they didn't couple that with anything. They didn't come back to really aggressively get the ball down the field. And um, I, I don't know, Cole. I, I was a little confused by it. I was a little confused by the the way they used Avery Johnson again. They bring him in. Um, the first series happens, he doesn't run the ball. And I thought, you know, the guys I was with are like, we all are like, they're setting, they're just setting it up here. But then when he came back in, the same shit happened. Uh, if you're going to play Avery, let Avery be Avery. Yeah. Uh, and at this point, I, I've just decided they don't have anything really that couples these two guys. It makes the most of them. I mean, if they'd gone to a goal line package with Avery and Will in the overtime, it, that might have changed things. But I, I guess they don't have that in the offense because if they did and they didn't use it, then that's a double foul. I mean, that's just horrible. Uh, but I, I thought they were effective enough in the running game to make Texas account for the run. And they just never coupled it with a passing game until later in the game. It's just, I I didn't get it. I just did not get it through the game. 
Well, what's so weird about that whole thing, Fitz, is when K-State wanted to open up the playbook with Will Howard at quarterback, they did. And when he was able to throw the ball down the field, throw the ball into tight windows, I know you talked about that on Talk and Talk, he was really effective. When K-State wanted to be good on offense, they were good. I think that was what was so frustrating about the game plan is that whenever Colin Klein got creative, it worked. Whenever he didn't get creative, it didn't work. When he was predictable, it didn't work. And so I think that is where you should be really disappointed. And, you know, I don't think any of this blame on the offensive side of the ball at all falls upon the players. I thought the offensive line did a good job of protecting Will Howard throughout the game for the most part. Um, It just really came down to schematics and what they were trying to do didn't always work. And defensively, I'm sure we'll talk about that here in a second, but it, it was much of the same story. Um, but I think the offensive, I mean, it, it's apparent in the first, in the first half, the offense lost the game. That's no if, ands or buts about it. If K-State's more successful on offense in the first half, they win that game. Yep. I agree. Will Howard finishes this game 26 to 42 for 327 yards, four TDs, one interception. That was just kind of a fluke. That's a 62% completion percentage and a, a QB rating of 154, um, as opposed to, uh, on the other side of the field, Malik Murphy uh, had a QB rating of 105.8. He had two interceptions, um, only completed 51% of his passes. Look, once they brought pressure, once they brought more than a three-man rush, Murphy fell apart. And that's exactly what I had seen from him in the BYU game. When BYU decided to bring pressure – they rattled him. He doesn't like it. He just hasn't seen enough of it. Next season at this point, if he's the quarterback, he will be tearing it up. But mm-hmm. um, for now, he he just looked uh, – he, he looks like he doesn't know what to do in those cases. And K-State didn't really start bringing that pressure until the second half. Uh, I, I don't get it, Cole. Please help me. Why? What – what were they attempting to do on defense, sitting back in zone and letting a strong-armed quarterback who has great arm strength and great accuracy when he's comfortable be comfortable? They just let him sit there. Yeah, I, I think the plan in the first half, right? Like We had talked about coming into this game that K-State was really good at stopping red zone touchdowns. And what was Texas bad at? Scoring red zone touchdowns. It felt like to me, K-State said, okay, we feel like we can score on offense, so if we hold Texas to field goals, we're going to win the game. Which I don't think is a bad strategy. But you have to change that strategy when you're not scoring. And so they they completely scrapped the game plan at halftime. It was apparent. They didn't play 10 yards off the ball. They played up in the, in the face. They brought pressure. And you're right. He was really bad for three quarters of that game. But the one quarter where he looked like a Heisman candidate is when Texas ultimately wins that game. They, they win the first quarter 10 to nothing, and they win the game by three points. If, if you want to call, if you could ever win the game in the first quarter, they really did. And a lot of that had to do with Malik Murphy being comfortable. He was really good in the first quarter, but he was really bad the rest of the game. And, I knew that K-State would have a chance to pick him off multiple times. It was just going to be a matter of when. And sure enough, he let K-State back into the game, and they had their shots. But, yeah, 
again, it just feels like a missed opportunity the more that we sit here and talk about this game. I totally agree with you, brother. I, uh, I'm, I know a lot of people are disappointed um, in how the game played out at the very end. I, I said on the post-game walk and talk, um, I'm talking about it was first and goal in the overtime. Down three because Texas had the ball first. She held them to three, did exactly what she needed to do. Will Howard goes for the quarterback run. Look, if you're going to run the quarterback, you got the wrong dude on the field for the most part against that fast defense. But Kohler was there, but he went left when he should have gone right. He zigged when a zag was needed, and he ran right into some defense when the other side was wide open. Look, it's it's the heat of the game. You make a bad read. You just kind of going on instinct, and it didn't work out quite right. The next play is the little pop pass over the top. That everything worked about the play except for a Texas defensive lineman got into the into the passing lane, and Will didn't. Will threw it like flat and straight. I'm not sure the ball was going to get to Senate, even without getting hit by the the defensive tackle. I I, I think that ball might have been picked off because I don't. From the angle of it, it looked like a zip throw when it needed to be a lollipop over the top because he was wide open. And if he lollipops it, maybe he gets it over the defensive tackle. So that play just wasn't fully executed. The third play was a little bit more of a scramble drill, but I, I still feel like Will Howard had a receiver. I thought Keegan it was Keegan Johnson at the front of the end zone, wasn't it? I felt like he was available. Will just missed through. So on three plays, they've had plays that would have worked if executed. So I see why Chris Kleiman said, we're going for it. We're on the road. We're down three to the seventh-ranked team in the country. This has been a struggle. We're going to win it right here. I get that. And in fact, when it when it happened, when the, the third down was incomplete, I said, go for it. Just do the end this game right here. And it, it was the wrong decision because they failed, but I feel like we all feel like it's a wrong decision only because it failed. If it had worked, mm-hmm. Chris Klein would be brilliant, but it didn't work. I mean, maybe the play call was crap. I could I honestly couldn't tell on TV what the play call was supposed to be. I don't know who he's trying to throw it to. Um, but as again, as I said in the walk talk, you got to get the ball out of your hand, kid. Uh, uh, you know, you, you can't go down running for your life and falling down, and that's how you lose the game. You you got to get the ball up so that maybe a receiver can make a play. It doesn't matter if it's intercepted; the game's already over. Yeah, it was it was supposed to be a rub route, and so Will Howard talked about that after the game a little bit. They had been playing man the entire overtime period. And sure enough, on the last play of the game, they switched to zone. And so this is a play that K-State's ran multiple times. They've ran it in the Big 12 championship game. Ben Sinnott caught a touchdown pass with it, just a little basic rub route. And it had worked. It's one of K-State's favorite plays. Obviously, Texas knew that that was one of their favorite plays. So they went to zone, and it, it wasn't there. My biggest thing with the decision, and I, I, I agree. At first, initially, I said kick it. But there's two things wrong with kicking it. The first thing is, you don't know if your kicker can make that kick. Now, is it true that that would have been a 21-yard field goal? Yes. But Kristen had also missed a 29-yard field goal that would have tied the game with, you know, what, 30 minutes of real time, you know, earlier. Um, so that's that's the first thing. The second thing is you still have to make a two-point conversion, most likely, right? Like, I get your defense had been playing good. But you couldn't kick a field goal. So if, let's say, K-State would have kicked a field goal, made it, 
then Texas gets the ball and double and Texas gets the ball in overtime or K State takes K State would get it. K State would have to score a touchdown and a two point conversion to take an eight point lead as opposed to being able to rely on that field goal again. So you were gonna have to it was gonna be hard to get points no matter what. Um so yeah, I I, I with all those factors, you're on the road and you won the toss. And so you got you knew what you had to get. I agree with the decision to go for it. I do think people that wanted Avery Johnson to get into the game there or even more in general. Um, ben Sinnott kind of summed it up afterwards. Like, this is Will Howard's team. And and quite honestly, I would be shocked if there's still an or on the depth chart on Monday. I think Will Howard has earned that right to be the starter for the rest of the season. But Avery Johnson was never coming into that game in overtime. He hadn't seen the field. Correct me if I'm wrong, Fitz. I don't believe the entire second half. Yeah. So he was not coming into that game on overtime. And, you know, that's just kind of how it is. I, I – would have liked to have seen a DJ Giddens or a Treshawn Ward run there um, at some point because you, you got to rely on your offensive line. I know they hadn't done it super successfully, but um, yeah, it, again, it was a it was a tough ending if you're a K State fan. But I think they they made all the right decisions, and I, I I'm of the opinion that K State got outcoached in the first half, but I think they outcoached Texas in the second half. Yeah, well, it sounds like Texas got him in the overtime with the change of defenses. Um, boy, I'm going to have to go back mm-hmm. and look at that play. I'm going to see. I have to see if there was motion or anything that would have indicated to Will that uh, they had switched defenses. Um, but uh, that's that stinks. I mean, that's that's great coaching. You just you, you probably thought they were going to go to that, and and they were, and you called the right thing. Um, I look, I. We can what if all the day, all day long, but man, uh, they were they were on the the mat at a nine count, and they got up and fought back. And um, as valiant that is, as someone posted on a YouTube video, I'm sick of being the team that plays hard, um, as opposed to the team that doesn't play hard, like Texas did in the second half. I'll take the play hard, but the victory is indeed nicer. It really is, but um, it crashed the hopes and dreams of repeating as Big 12 champions. And as much as we could credit, excuse me, credit Texas for being a talented football team, they allowed K-State to come back. They made horrible plays. K-State climbed back into it, and K-State didn't take advantage uh, fully. I mean, I'd love to, Cole, there's one more play before we go to break. Uh, On the Chris Tennant missed field goal, that possession on third down, they called and they emptied the backfield and they called a Will Howard <laughs> run. They were outnumbered. Yeah. Will should have gotten out of that play. Um, they, they didn't account. They, the, the extra man was still in the box. They should have thrown it. Will was furious when he went to the sideline. I mean, I've never seen him quite that mad and I would love to know, why he was so pissed off. It was just not the execution of the play. Was it the play? Was it blocking? But I'd love to know what that was about because he was furious. And then Chris Tennant goes on the field and misses the field goal. Yeah, that was a strange event, strange turn of events. I I was sitting up there saying, quarterback sneak it. I mean, you have a 6'5", 260-pound quarterback. I understand that, you know, okay, maybe not 260 pounds. I'll give Wilson credit, but, you know, I understand that Texas's defensive line had been really dominant, but I, I was of the opinion you just tush push it. I mean, how many times have we seen that work in college football and in the NFL? You got a big old quarterback, just get 
just pushing forward. He's going to get a yard. And, you know, we watch the Chiefs a lot and how Andy Reid gets really cute on third and fourth and shorts. That felt like one of those situations. And I, I didn't understand that. Um, I, I, I was of the opinion they maybe should have tried to go, gone for it in the first place. Um, it was still only fourth and one. He came back to getting close to the line. Uh, at that point in time, it's like you feel like you need a touchdown there because Texas had been able to move the ball. But nonetheless, you know, the rest is history. They end up tying the game. But I do think if K-State gets a first down right there, they probably wouldn't get it. It was, it was a very frustrating play for sure. Kansas State loses 33-30 at Texas, um, dropping to – I'm doing this off the top of my head, brother – and 6-3 and 4-2. and two. I got it. Man, mm-hmm. I, my brain don't work. My brain don't work. We're going to break. We'll be back on the other side with more discussion of Kansas State's loss. You're listening to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Podcast continues after this short break. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Welcome back to the Power Cat Post Game Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald and Cole Carmody. Cole is in Austin in a lovely Hilton Brand hotel room. Lovely. I am in uh, Las Vegas at the Alara Result Resort, also a Hilton property. You think I'm a Hilton guy? I yeah, I am. I guess this podcast is sponsored by Hilton. Uh, Cole, Kansas State uh, blew an opportunity here, but give me your thoughts on what's in store for the rest of the season for K-State. They've got Baylor in Manhattan next week. Baylor stinks. I I just can't believe how bad that program has become after that first great season. Was was Joey McGuire really the secret to Baylor's success year one? Because he's not translating that to Texas Tech. And then you go to Kansas, which I've lost track of this game. I have no idea what's going on in that game behind me. Um, but Kansas is a good football team. I've been saying it, even with Jason Bean. Uh, what they've done is just moved on from from uh, Jalen Daniels, and then they close the season with Iowa State. Look, I think by the time if if Kansas wins this, Iowa State's got Texas coming up before K State. They got a tough road ahead. What do you What are your thoughts on the remainder of the season for the Wildcats? Well, I will tell you right now that Kansas did beat Iowa State. Okay, <laughs> I had that game you. on in front of me as we're recording this podcast. Yes. Um, I, I think I was having this conversation with Zach um, when we were driving home. And when you look at the schedule for K-State, assuming they have a chance to win out, which I think right now I tweeted this out, I would be surprised, assuming K-State takes care of Baylor on Saturday, um, that I would be surprised if it's not a pick em or if, K-State isn't favored against Kansas and Lawrence. I understand that KU's probably only going to have two losses and have the better record, but I think K-State's a better football team. I think they're more physical. I think they're faster. I think they have a better defense. Kansas is good. Don't get me wrong. But I think Kansas, is, they've benefited from a lighter schedule than K-State. Um, you look at the three losses that K-State has right now, and it, one of them, we've talked about it, has been on a 61-yard field goal. 
One of them has been to a team that's likely going to be in the Big 12 championship game after their win today in Oklahoma State. And another team that is number seven, likely a top five team in the country, depending upon the outcome of this USC and Washington game that I have on in front of me, and a team that could make the playoff in Texas. So those are the three losses that K-State had. You go back to last year and you compare that to the three losses that K-State had to a team in Tulane who we didn't think was good at the time, ended up being pretty good, kind of sounds like Missouri, to a team in TCU who would eventually make the Big 12 championship game, and they lost it on the road, kind of sounds like Oklahoma State, and then to a Texas team that just so happens to be Texas, who K-State lost to again. So K-State could very realistically finish this season 9-3, and three, the exact same record as last year, and I have people that are in my Twitter mentions, and this is going completely off the rails, Fitz, that are telling me this is a rebuilding year for K-State when they could potentially finish with the same record that they finished with last year. I, I don't understand that sentiment. I think K-State has a great opportunity in front of them to finish 9-3, and have a chance to get a 10th win in a bowl game, um, and it'd be a very successful season. But they have to take care of business the rest of the way. I think they will. Again, but the, the similarities to last year and this year, it, they're striking. I agree. I agree. They it's got themselves into a game here that um, they couldn't quite correct everything well enough to win. But this is this is the first. Uh, how do I want to say this? I thought Missouri game um, was just a straight up tie. That was you know not in in terms of the actual game, not the score. Missouri wins on that field goal, but it was a great game. I mean, it wasn't well played at times, but it was a great game. Oklahoma State, K-State stunk to high heaven. That's the one that still bothers me because even stinking to high heaven against a mm -hmm. revamped Oklahoma State team that was finding itself, K-State still almost got it, got back into the game with, you know, a late drive. They just couldn't get it going. That that game is an outlier to me. That game just doesn't fit the portfolio of Chris Kleiman teams um, outside of the pandemic season. And, and then this Texas game was, you know, a, a really good team that, again, can't focus for 60 minutes. If I'm Texas fans, I'm not very happy because this has become a, a, not a trend. This has become part of their DNA, not to finish games, not to be able to score in the red zone. Not They've got some real troubling traits to their team. Um, but I, I also think you put them in, the Big 12 championship at Oklahoma State, I'm taking them by two touchdowns if they can focus. And, and that's the ongoing question with Texas. But K-State just, at this point, the season is what it is. You're without some miracle, you know, falling of, of Texas and Oklahoma and K, everyone kind of falling apart as K-State wins, you're not going to be in the Big 12 championship uh, and and that's really, you're right, it's the only thing that's going to be kind of different about this game. You're not going to have the opportunity to get the 10th win in that game. Um, you're going to carry a 9-3 and three record to a bowl game. But again, you're going to, you're not going to be in the Sugar Bowl against an Alabama team that was incredibly talented with number first-round picks all over the field. Um, you're going to be playing a team that's worthy of the Alamo Bowl or whatever bowl, the Texas Bowl or the Pop-Tarts Bowl. I kind of want to go to that just because of the Pop-Tarts. Um, but you're mm -hmm. going to have them. Uh, 
I'll, I mean, honestly, Alabama was too good for K-State last year. They just were. K-State did a good job of hanging into that game, except for that three-minute period around the halftime. Um, but they were just clearly better. Bryce Young was incredible on that day. And, yeah, K-State was kind of hanging around until all hell broke loose at halftime and then started the second half. But um, I, I think this is a 10-3 and three team at the end of the year. I, I think they, if they get the right matchup in the bowl game, I, this team does play high-quality football. But let's be really blunt, Cole. They aren't physical enough to play at the highest levels. They're not big enough, strong enough, and fast mm-hmm. enough to compete at that level yet. This isn't a rebuilding year. This is a climb up a mountain that is very steep. And the higher you get up that mountain, the more treacherous it gets. They're upgrading talent. Um, Coach True in the strength program has paid great dividends. But Avery Johnson eventually isn't going to be the the freak high four-star player you got. He's going to be one of many uh, because they are working on recruiting. Like next year's just a weird year. They don't have any scholarships. But uh, I, I feel like they're climbing that mountain. Um, they're not making progress this year, apparently, but there's still plenty in that tank to get up to the top uh, and compete at high levels, particularly into the new Big 12 when um, you're just not going to have a Texas that can recruit five stars all over the roster and put them out there and they can play half a game and still beat you. It, it's... And that's that's frustrating that Texas took off the second half and K-State still lost. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that, you know, with this new Big 12 and the expanded college football playoff, that, that's why this year is so important. Like, case if you're K-State, you do not have to make the Big 12 championship game, this game this year to be the favorite to win the Big 12 next year. You do not have to make the Big 12 championship game this year to have a chance to make the college football playoff next year. It's, we'll have plenty of time to talk about next year. And there's still at least three games left in this season. So I, I don't want to spend too much time on it because I think this group still has a chance to do some special things. But you look up and down that roster, they're not losing a whole lot. Jace Brown, true freshman receiver. Keegan Johnson, sophomore receiver. DJ Giddens, sophomore running back. Those are just your three playmakers on offense that arguably are your three best. And Ben Sinnott, if he opts to come back, would – also be in that category, along with even Treshawn Ward, who can come back for a third year. So plenty of uh, weapons on the offensive side, but I look at the defensive side, and I see a guy in Will Lee, who's a sophomore. I see a guy in Jacob Parrish, who's a sophomore. And then I see the linebacker position of Austin Romaine and Jake Clifton, a freshman and a sophomore. There are young guys everywhere on this team. They will be better next year with a lighter schedule in an expanded playoff. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to make a playoff next year, but I will tell you that this year, two things can be true. This can be a retooling year, and next year can be a special year. It doesn't have to be a rebuilding year and then a special year the the year after that. No, this is a retooling year, and this is just like you mentioned. They are climbing that mountaintop, and this program is headed in the right direction. Yeah, um, this would have been a really nice win. Didn't work out for K-State. They were ill-prepared. They didn't perform well. But you're right. They've got some talent on this team that returns. Of course, Avery Johnson at quarterback. Okay, a couple things here. Uh, I want you to give me your honest feelings about Ben Sennett. I've never heard him speak that way. I haven't seen the video yet. Um, It's been kind of hectic out here. Uh, What 
What's your take on him defending his quarterback? Not defending his quarterback, but in the way he did. And and I'm going to push back a little bit. I think the media the media has been fair to Will. It's, mm-hmm. And I'm not throwing the fan base under the under the bus here, but it's been mostly fan driven that um, really wants Avery Johnson. And here's my evidence on that. And I, I understand if you don't want to accept this as a listener's evidence. Will Howard consistently on our videos got the most views of anyone on the team. <laughs> and then Avery showed up at Texas Tech and his views on our videos go through the roof. Now, here's what's interesting. Now that we don't have Avery coming in, you know, at post game or whatever, we don't have the video from him. Will's views have not gone back up. They're very stagnant and comparable to every other player in the team. Uh, I agree with Ben that people have kind of maligned him. People were trying to say Will Howard didn't play well. Not according to the stats. I He was a warrior. Now, did the coaches put him in the proper positions? I'll argue probably not, uh, but I don't put that at Will Howard's feet. But give me your thoughts on what Ben Sennett said, really defending his quarterback and and kind of getting hostile about it. As a former player, as a former teammate, and as someone who is involved in athletics still to this day, I will say that I thought it was awesome. I absolutely love when players stick up for players and – they have their brothers back because I think that's important. And I think that's what the game is all about. From a media perspective, I was a little surprised simply because I didn't see that coming. Um, We haven't had a chance to talk to Ben Sennett too regularly. And I think some of that was just emotion of, um, I I actually asked him the question, Hey, what kind of, you know, flicked on that light for you guys in the second half? And he said, well, Will Howard started playing. And that's when he went off on the tangent. I, I, I think that it is definitely directed more towards a section of the fan base that has been clamoring for Avery Johnson, um, but they've been doing so in a way that has maybe not intentionally thrown Will Howard under the bus, but definitely made it appear that that was the case. I, I don't think fans dislike Will Howard, but you know, you know how sometimes Fitz, you, when you, when you have a dog who's you know older, um, and and you decide at some point. You know, we're going to have to, this dog is going to, we're going to have to move on. This dog is going to ascend into dog heaven, and we're going to have to get new pups to play with. And so there's a time period there where you have your older dog who you still live with and you still love, but then you have your younger dog that is just cute and it's fun and you want to play with him all the time. Sometimes he can be a little rambunctious. He might eat up your, you know, your 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 couch but that's okay because he's the little pup but if the old pup pees on your couch you get really mad at him well that's what's going on with will howard and avery johnson and every once in a while i think it it really it it can rear its ugly head um but the old pup uh still has some game left in him and i thought he played an excellent game and um he is gonna definitely be the quarterback the rest of the way as a dog person i want you to know that that was spot on now, Thank there's you. probably people out there that are like, what is he talking about? What is this long analogy about dogs? No, that's spot on. At some point, the puppy, you get enamored with the puppy. And we're just going to, let's name this puppy mm, Sunshine. <clears throat> and 
you know, it does a lot of cool things. You know, it, it really retrieves well, you know, all that stuff. And, and the old dog's like, I still got some bite in me. Don't, I, I still got, to, I'm still running this place. Um, I, I think you're right in something you said earlier. I hope that ore is removed from uh, the depth chart. Uh, it should be. Uh, Avery's going to be an incredible football player uh, at K-State. They need to find a role for him in some way. Again, why the hell they don't have more really developed game plans with both guys on the field? What do you do as Texas if you don't know who's going to be the quarterback actually with the ball? One might get it, but the other one might get it after that. And you don't know if you got the run guy or the pass guy. And I, I think they're missing something here. And you can say it's gimmicky, but boy, I, I'm with every coach that says you got to get your best athletes on the field. One of your best athletes is not on the field simply because he's a backup quarterback. And I, I feel like you're kind of missing something there, but I'm not a coach and maybe they don't want to risk it. And maybe they don't want him to get into bad habits. They want him to be a quarterback. They don't want him to think that everyone's thinking about, oh, maybe he should be a receiver or a running back. He's a quarterback, but you got to find something. Um, and probably not, it's probably not going to happen. We're now officially 75% done with the, the regular season. And K-State is six and three. So um, I do, I do indeed think they'll, they're very capable of finishing nine and three. If you're upset they lost to Texas, um, I get it. But some of the emotional, almost outbursts I'm seeing on social media and, and places are just, it, calm, you know, calm down. Not everyone's going to get fired. If you have a bad day at work, even though your volume of your work over the 10 years you've been with the company has been pretty damn good, one bad day and your boss fires you, you would probably think that was horrendous. So uh, stop with that. I, I think some coaches didn't coach at their best. I think Texas got into the coach's head more than the players. And I, I think they paid the price. Agreed. Fitz, uh, did I make you miss your dogs? I did. Yeah, I do miss them horribly. I also miss my wife because Becky's listening. Uh, but if Becky's not listening, I miss the dogs a lot. I can talk to my <laughs> wife on the phone. The dogs don't say anything. That, that's disappointing. They should be able to talk. That's it for the post-game podcast. We appreciate it. Cole lounging on a bed somewhere in Austin, Texas. I'm sitting at a, a big dining room table bar thing in a condo in Vegas. I win, but if you're a K-State fan, there's no winning here. K-State loses 33-30. Onward, that's all you can ever do when things don't go right. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts.